Welcome to BitStar, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, with me, as always, is the wonderful Trevor Scott. Hello. Hello, Trevor. How are you? Ah, you know. A little bit singy. The huge. Must must be the tequila. Um, So, I think we're going to jump straight into some ramped up click pitch. How about you let our audience know what this game is all about? This game is all about getting random words, throwing them at each other, and then coming up with game designs. And then when it doesn't work, we throw it away. (laughs) Thank you, seven-year-old Trevor. You're uh, speaking, in, speaking in front of the class uh, from something you prepared <laughs> earlier. Um, yeah, let's do it. Thanks, Thank you, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. I have resigned impossible. Outstanding dynamic. Ooh. These are very, that's very buzzwordy. Yeah. Where's synergy? Where's... Yeah, uh, all those other ones. Yeah, um, it's been a long time. Agile I've been in, in an office. <laughs> Synergistic, agile method- methodology. As Manifesto. We manifest the impossible. Uh, is this a PowerPoint presentation simulator? <laughs> Ooh, I do like that. Uh, this is this is like a non-VR. Um, job simulator where you where yep. you're actually you know trying to trying to put together you know the flashiest you know or yeah yes. flashiest okay. powerpoints and slash presentations and you get to you know draw all the colorful charts and well i was almost thinking i wonder if this is kind of a uh branching narrative all based around you giving this presentation uh, and the only choices you get are which is the next slide you're going to choose. Mm. So, now, are they already chosen for you or do you get to sort of help choose them at the start? No, I think you just, I think this is just sort of a narrative experience. You come in, you're giving the great presentation before the boss and the whole board. And, you know, you've got your first slide up there already mm-hmm. and it's, and it's, you know, Project Armadillo, you know, changing our business for the better. And then you get an option of like this slide or that slide. <laughs> <laughs> and depending on which way you go, you'll get like reactions from the people in the room. Uh, and it's not like a choose the- your own adventure um, where the only thing that you can do is choose between two different slides. Yeah, kind of. It's it's essentially just a branching dialogue tree, right? But or branching set of scenes, mm-hmm. but they are they are predicated very directly by which slide you choose in this uh, slideshow. Ooh, I I I really like this idea. If at the end we can sort of show that all these all these presentations were happening in the multiverse. So, you sort of then see that um, all, you know... Well, I think you you could almost do something like uh, they did in Detroit Become Human, where as you play a level, you see the points where things could have branched off. 
uh, and maybe you just and it's let them, every like, single time that you chose it, you chose a different. <laughs> I mean, maybe I think I think you'd have key ones. Uh, obviously, you'd have to do a bit of like branching and coming back together from an actual narrative design standpoint. But essentially, each of those branches kind of sets a flag for like that can alter the future branch, like the future branching sections, mm-hmm. and drive it in very different directions. And I think obviously you'll end up with a number of endings. Mm-hmm quite a few number of endings based on the, the particular path you take through this presentation. Now, I would like some of these endings to be totally catastrophic. Oh, yeah. So, in other oh, words, yeah. this is world ending if you don't get this right. So, it makes you want <laughs> to go through it again to try and actually get the, I think, the one I think way through are, to get the- um, This is very much a comedy game over the top as- like, essentially trying to figure out the wildest things that could come from just a PowerPoint presentation in a, like, corporate uh, mm-hmm. setting. Uh-huh. And so, <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even know how you'd do that. It might just be, like, you know, one of them could just be a very subtle lead up to you convincing everyone to be, like, genocidal maniacs. Like, <laughs> or something like that. Like, the, the end result is this company is now just- killing the weak and, and like, going <laughs> taking over the world. Uh, or it could be- It could fucking end in an orgy because this whole- Like, you've somehow convinced the <laughs> <laughs> Or it could end up with, like, the CEO getting completely distraught and, like, th- throwing himself out the window because you've, I don't know, made him realise that he's wasted his life. PowerPoints are so powerful. That's why it's called the, PowerPoint. PowerPoint. Um, so yeah, I, I I would really like it that like you get to the end of end of one of the um endings, and it's sort of the camera goes up, and you see all these identical offices, <laughs> all the, all the same sort of um PowerPoint presentations all happening at the same time, and you sort of see oh, one okay. off to the side. And it's, and it's effectively, you're just one of, one of many, like, of the million monkeys. <laughs> no, but what I like about that is if all of those are endings you can actually get, then, and some of these might be difficult to get. So, like, you zoom out and you see all these other endings and you're like, that office building over there is on fire. That one over <laughs> there has people jumping out of the windows. Like, that one over there has aliens landing on the roof. You're like, how the fuck do I get to those endings? (laughs) And then you're going to want to play it again. So, instead of showing the branches that lead to it, it's just like, here are the other possible endings from this top level view. That would be really cool. (laughs) (laughs) But I kind of like the idea that this whole thing is, is, you know, the the whole, uh, if you sat a million monkeys down in front of a million typewriters, uh, one of them is you know, bound to one day press enough keys to get in a row to get the William Shakespeare sort of thing. What could be it, what could be cool about that is if during the presentation you can look out the windows at the one next door <laughs> and you might be able to see what would have happened if you'd chosen the other previous choice. Ooh, that right? is cool. Because they're only one choice away from you. Yep. That could be cool. But and it could sort of become choice? just a bit of a hint. <laughs> because well, you one, once you make one choice and they're, they're now on a different path. like Well, I think you're essentially like there's sort of this 
there's this tree of uh, of buildings branching out behind you, right, of all the previous situations. And so, yes, every time you make a choice, you're splitting off, you know, on, on all of those, you've got all the possible choices and you just happen to be on this one. <laughs> uh, now, obviously, you don't render all of those at once in the actual game, but- I do, <laughs> I do love the idea of modeling that in some way, like, <laughs> and maybe once you get like 10 different endings, you can, you can just like zoom out and, and uh, like, it's like a God mode. You can jump to literally any choice in this multiverse of buildings <laughs> all the way from the beginning and you actually see the branches. I think you can only choose branches of choices that you've made it to though. So, yeah, it's more a, of a as replay you, get, as you get further, like, you can go, okay, I chose all these choices and now I can go from, from this branch here. And then all of a sudden you go down all the branches on that right. side. So, it lets you start halfway through and take different choices. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. And then you can kind of be filling it out. That's cool. And then we can have, like, hidden choices that actually, like, in some very small situations, they're not- It's not by choosing a slide. It's by, like, turning off the computer or something. It's it's by choosing a slide at a certain time. So, someone coughs- and then you choose the slide, or, well, or you, you interrupt half, someone with you it or were halfway. Th- they were half through halfway through saying something, and you go, "Yep, it's on the next slide." Bang, and you just right. and that you switch to things. it, and that changes. <laughs> not 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 <laughs> a whole branch, but like. Um, well, I think it just adds. A, it does add a branch. They, those branches may converge again later yeah. on, but <laughs> I love that because you you can obviously model the whole narrative tree as these different just like scenes essentially. So being able to just jump to each scene and then getting a new choice at the end. Yeah. Uh is really cool. But having having like, you know, sort of these maybe a golden outline around some of these scenes. And a golden outline means that there's a hidden why a hidden branch choice. And so you can go back and try different things to try and get it. And if you try it too many times, then it sort of says, would you like a hint? So- yeah, I think you can you can definitely add stuff to to make it easier to navigate once they've gone through a few a few things. And maybe it's maybe you even bring it into the universe. It's like once you've gone through this, you know, three times found three different endings, like some you know, multi-dimensional figure comes down and talks to you and says, "Oh, so you're stuck in a dimensional loop." Huh? Like, you know, been there. Here's how I got around. <laughs> uh, and so, essentially, like, making it canon that you are going through this over and over again as an actual being. <laughs> but really, it, it just unlocks other gameplay. Now, the question you know. is, and this is this is a key question. Yeah. Are you in virtual reality? Wait, your character? Yeah. Like, you play- <laughs> you play- No, you playing in virtual oh, reality. Oh, you play it in virtual reality. <laughs> Right. Oh, I thought- Because I thought you'd said it up front that it was Because I'm imagining the way you choose it is you look down at- Look down at your computer screen and yep. you've got the two choices between the two next- The two yeah, next yeah, PowerPoints. Yeah. And, you're and then- you like one and- Yeah. Or maybe it's like a future- Maybe it's just a set in the near future and you like grab it and throw it up at the screen. <laughs> Very minority report kind of way. <laughs> just to- Just to add some- uh, some some nice uh, 
tactics to it. The ta- yep. uh, tactics, not tactics. Like tactile. You know what I mean? Tactile. Yes. Stuff. For me, it's, there's nothing better than actually interacting with with something on on a computer or something like that. Just being able yeah, to well, go- especially if you grab it and throw it around. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, no, it could be in VR for sure. It could work in either, but it, VR would add a certain something to it, as it always does, to, to the immersion immersion of that. Uh, especially, like, glancing over at the next building and seeing, like, a demon that's been summoned. <laughs> as like, the blinds the come down. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, well, no, fact, that's, if you, that's, if you look that's over the other, t- that's through the other window where the orgy's happening. I, I kind of like the idea that you look over there a few times and then they notice that you're looking. And they pulled in the blind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it would take some really skilled writing to actually, like, figure out how to get from that initial mundane situation into all this craziness. But, uh, I don't know, that's not our job. Yeah, and the thing is, you you never know. Like, it could just be a non sequitur sort of thing of just by you going through these sequence of events. Yeah. It's sort of like the butterfly flaps its wings in... You know, yeah, Brazil yeah, and, yeah. and causes a hurricane somewhere else. You change your your thing, and something happens to the world. Yeah, i I think a lot of I think some of them at least would have to be that because it is difficult to have your actual choice matter that much. But I would like it if <laughs> if somehow you were changing this stuff through, like, literally through your PowerPoint presentation, and it's by making certain people angry because, I don't know, it could even be like, and the employee of the month this month is, and it's like two different choices. (laughs) Yeah, one of them is you uh, or whatever, right? And it's going to piss the other person off and they might get really angry and like throw something which like hits the fan and like it just makes stuff happen, right? And it might not all happen at once. It might just be, oh, like they made a big mess on the floor, but then later on, like someone might slip on that and- I mean- Yeah. It was all great until that one time that Barry spilled water over the projector and then we had to move to the next office. There you and go. that exactly. caused, like, some other shit to go down. Like, yeah, and if we hadn't been in that office when the helicopter hit the building, uh, you know, we we would have all been killed. <laughs> it's like, oh, I can go back and make a different choice <laughs> and get us all killed. <laughs> And then that doesn't actually happen. You're like, what? <laughs> um, or it does. I, I was, and that I leads was to something else. You fall in love with the helicopter pilot after nursing you, him back to hell. You, you said uh, the uh, the devil or a demon or something. So I was thinking, you know, if you choose throughout throughout the whole run, you choose yeah. the, th- the only three slides that have six, six and six <laughs> in it. Yeah. Then, you know, it summons... You know, so you can you can sort of go, oh yeah, I chose a six all the way back here on like the second slide, yep. and then on the eighteenth slide I got another six, and then you know slide twenty <laughs> I got the got the third one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could do some cool stuff with that. Like there are essentially little hidden little hidden hidden endings then that can only come through certain yeah yeah certain paths. <laughs> uh, I fucking love that. That's great because there's so much you could do with very simple stuff. Like it wouldn't need a lot of assets. Especially, you know, it's it's it's, you're it's a single to office, it, basically. You're like, basing, yeah, you're basing most of these stories around just this room uh, and the people in it, and a lot of them could be more mundane, and it's more just like, oh, I found out something really interesting about Janet. 
which you know might let might mean that in a in a different run, I know that taking a particular choice will you know maybe cause her to freak out. Like I learned that she's afraid of spiders or something. So if I choose a slide with spiders on it, she's gonna like freak out and run out or something. <laughs> Oh, you could you could do so much, and I'm just thinking about it now. Going, oh, this could this could be a lot of fun to to see, you know, um, well, YouTubers just try and try oh, to yeah. play play all the different all the different yeah. endings, especially in VR. Yeah. Like, if it's funny and there's like you can throw things at other people in the room and they react and and all this sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. Again, I don't think that would like change the decisions obviously uh oh except maybe for some some hidden ones but uh yeah i'm almost picturing it as like a bit of a um stanley parable sort of thing where that just led into so many bizarre situations building off sort of the first person uh little walking simulator sort of style stuff uh but yeah this is all just in that one office get some good like motion capture stuff basic motion capture so you can just have a lot of custom animations and get some voice actors in there and yeah did you ever play um dr langeskov the tiger and the terribly cursed emerald no it's a free game on um, okay on steam oh i'm pretty sure it was um and it was uh sorry i'm trying to pull it up now oh it's by oh it's by the same guy yeah Hey. Um, yeah. Oh, was this before Stanley Parable? No, this was after. This is after. Um, yeah. So, I won't give everything away, but when you first start playing, you're actually working the stuff in the background. So, you're actually sort of making someone else's experience. How them. have I not heard of this game? I don't know. I love, I love Stanley Parable. Uh, it's really cool. Um, I'm not going to say anything else. Go play yeah, it. Yeah, don't, don't um, spoil it. I'm definitely going to play it. Yeah. Now, I can't say what I was going to say, so <coughs> feel free to everyone go out and try that, and maybe next week, if I remember, I'll talk about it. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Yeah. It's a really cool game, so go check it out. That uh, I fucking love that game. I feel like that's one of the best ideas we've had in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, three, two, one, click. <laughs> I got tried private. Chopping bus. Bus? Bus. Or bust. Bus. Just bus. Like the wheels on the... Wheels on the bus. All right. <laughs> and tried private on a chopping bus. Mm-hmm. So, is this like a vehicular cooking game? Chopping stuff while See, moving? I was thinking chopping like zombie sort of survival. Okay. Sort of okay. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, I like that because I love the idea of essentially building up your like band of survivors on this bus. Mm-hmm. Like this bus is your- camp it's yep. your it's 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 it, everything it's, you have yeah it, it's a moving survival game so you're going from from town to town scavenging the town getting back in the bus and heading off uh yeah trying to get as many survivors as you can you know obviously your bus has a limit of 72 passengers passengers as is typical with a with a bus well 
Yeah, maybe less. Dep- oh, well, actually, that could be interesting as you upgrade it to, like, add things. It's like, hmm, well, we, we want a distillery because we want some moonshine, but that's going to take up, like, four people's seats. So, uh, we need to decide if that's going to be worth it. I'm uh, sorry, Cheryl. You are the weakest link. Good, the weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> kick no, her out. Kick her out into the zombies. <laughs> into the zombie horde. Uh, that's fun. Can it be desert bus style? I knew that you were going to say desert bus because <laughs> it's in my head. <laughs> well, I just feel like not not the like desert bus has a different message that it's sending around video games and and kind of the the mundanity of that and you know but more of just the the real timedness of it and that you do have portions where you're just driving for a while right Mm -hmm. uh and i think stuff happened like i don't think we're actually making it super boring but like it might just be that conversations are happening behind you as you know and maybe you can switch out it's like oh someone else drive yep. and so then you can go back and like talk to people and and you know be doing your upgrades and stuff but you know there might be a benefit to actually doing the driving yourself or like people have stamina it's morale right? as and well morale, yeah like if you if you stick jeremy on on the driving the bus all the time he's gonna get a little bit down in the dumps and maybe become you know a little bit uh, a little bit annoyed with the whole group, and yeah. and decide to turn into turn into the group of zombies and and try to mow them all down or something like that. Like, well, and I think I think a lot of when you are driving, whether it's you or one of the NPCs, it's a lot of it is like avoiding or deciding to hit zombies. You know, again, based on how much you've kind of upgraded your defenses armor. and your armor and your like spikes on the front of your bus or you know mad max style Ooh, full on i'm just imagining if you, know, if you haven't bus. sharpened those if you haven't sharpened those spikes in a while it's just going to impale like a zombie but they're not going to completely die they're just going to sort of sit there go oh yeah <laughs> trying to definitely attack you like while stuck on the front of the bus <laughs> but and then for some type and for some types bus of ornaments? characters well and some for some type of, some types of characters will fucking love that because they're like super gung-ho zombie killers and they're like it 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 ups their morale if they've got a half-dead zombie stuck on the front of the bus but but mrs norris i mean she really doesn't like zombies on stuck on the front of the bus and in fact she she's usually that that loving grandmotherly grandmotherly type but she you know cracks the shits if you if you've killed too many um killed too too many zombies with the bus Oh yeah, uh, if you've got one stuck, you she'll she'll force you to pull over so she can go out there and cut its head off with a shovel. Yeah, I mean, precious little <laughs> Mrs. Norris. Yeah, you know, does what needs to be done. Yeah, she's awesome. In, in fact, <laughs> in fact, you get through the whole game, you realise that you know if you if you took the easy route of of getting rid of her at the very start, she becomes mm. like the arch nemesis of the of the entire game. <laughs> So, okay, so that, that, that leads me to what I was thinking next, because um, for a bit there I was thinking uh, procedurally generated characters, right, from a, for your crew with different stats and stuff. But I think actually a better way to do that is a wide cast of pre-made characters. Yep. And what's procedurally generated is, like, I think the world is procedurally generated and you don't know who you're going to get. So you do start to get to know different characters, but then it's a bit more like, oh, yes, I got Mrs. Norris, you know, at the first stop on this run. Um, you know, that means that 
whatever we're going to be means, able to. That means that when we get to the fort, we're going to be able to get in because she she knows everything about you know. Yeah, she's got connections, war memorials you know. and all this sort of stuff. And yeah, yeah. Like, so yeah, they have different different skills, different stats, but they're the same every time for that character. It's more which characters are you going to get. So maybe you've got like fifty different characters that you might get on a like that you might that, to choose from on a run, but you're only going to get. 10, you know, max per run yep. or something um, to sort of fill out your little- Ooh, your and little then, you, then you've got to decide, do we actually want to pick up a Jeremy right now or do we yeah. hold out for Mrs. Norris? Yeah, yeah, you can- Exactly, yes, you're making those hard decisions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> In this why do we seed- want Jeremy- We've already got Janine. They're basically like gender swap versions of each other. You know, the devs got lazy, so we're just going to let Jeremy die. <laughs> but but I think um, having, you know, one of the random, one of the, one of the uh, 50 the named, yeah. named, named people is also the arch nemesis for this, for this time. Yeah. Well, maybe, if, maybe particularly- They've got their own bus. Do, maybe if you do particularly l- let someone die, then there's more chance of them coming- as that final boss, yep. essentially. Oh, I was thinking that because we all know that in these things, the humans are always the worst thing about, like, oh, yeah. the zombie apocalypse. No, I, and I that's why I was that- thinking that you, any anyone that you haven't necessarily picked up or um, that you ignored have the chance to go onto your arch rival's bus. So you got to start thinking. Oh, I see. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. I've, I've had yeah. really, really strong people- I'm going to have to say no to Mrs. Norris because obviously we got um, Chuck, her her son. You know, he he was the better choice, but now- but that means that Miss Norris might end up on the on the final bus on the final meet. bus, and and yeah. we we may end up at the fort as the final place, and that gives them a big advantage going into yeah. the fort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that, uh, and I think that. Yes, like the other people have a bus, but I like it as being like one of the people is sort of the main, like the antagonist at the end, because then you get that flavor for each, each of these characters has a different kind of reason why they might have ended up as the antagonist or yeah, yeah. like bonuses depending on, depending on uh, where like the final place you end up. Oh, I'm just imagining if you- ha- if you didn't have Jeremy, but you had Janine, but Jeremy was the arch enemy, like yeah. his whole thing is the fact that you've got the female version of him, and um, well, maybe they're he, twins. Maybe they're twins. Maybe they're twins, and he yeah. thinks that you've kidnapped her. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. Or he's just jealous or something. Yeah. Like I think there are reasons. I mean, again, you have to be careful not to create too many permutations where their story has to be based on someone who's on your bus, but you could, you could manage that in yeah. different ways. Uh, but I also like that. That gives, strategy. I, I kind of like the idea that every person has a synergy with one person. Yeah. And so if you've got that person on the bus and they're, they're your antagonist, then you get that synergy as, as the finale. Like that's a bonus. But, but yeah. if you don't have that person, then you get their other reason. So basically each person has yeah. two reasons. One is. Yeah, sort of a story based reason and then maybe a more generic based reason that's not based on anyone on the bus. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Well, and, and I like then that also each of these named people has 
pre-existing relationships with certain other people. Like for one, they might have uh, yeah, a synergistic, like a positive relationship. And for one, they have a negative relationship. So if, if you do come along and you're like, oh, Chuck's there, but you're like, oh, fuck, but I've already got Fido, the, you know, smartest dog left after the zombie apocalypse. Um, and uh, they don't get along because Chuck killed his owner. No, Chuck uh, cut his just- balls off. Get it right. Chuck cut his balls <laughs> off. There you go. Uh, which you found out, like, from a previous run. Then you're like, oh, fuck, no, I can't pick Chuck. But then Chuck's going to be on the other team. Like, yeah, I, I there's a there's a lot of cool choices you can make there. Yeah. And, and-, and what I was what I was going to say, actually, again, is it's about um, that you've got some choice about where you end up for that final battle. Like you said, like, maybe it's the fort, maybe it's the school, maybe it's the mall. You don't necessarily know who the who's on the other bus at that point, but you know who's on your bus. And so you can make that choice. It's like, oh well, I don't have I don't have Mrs. Norris. So if I go to the fort, there is a chance that like it'll be a harder fight because if Mrs. Norris is there, but she might not be. Like, yeah, I, I kind of like the idea that it's kind of like a an Isaac run in that you've got sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. each level is effectively it's a town. And then another town, and then another town. Yep. But it's it's yep. a procedurally generated town when you get there. So you sort of like, okay, get out, go through the general store, go, you know, oh this this place doesn't have a general store, but it's got three um three houses next next to the town hall. Yeah, that means that um inside inside the fridge there may be a an awesome weapon, or there may be something like that. You know, yeah. I've seen this well, in the it's, past. It's and- similar to there was a game called Death Road to Canada, um, which was like a top down kind of. Um, 2D thing, which was sort of going from 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 town to town during a zombie apocalypse. Yep. But uh, obviously, it was a bit different. It was you know you could maybe you could get a car, but then your car run out of gas, so you'd have to be running, and you would pick up different people, and they would have different skills. But uh, obviously, ours is a little bit focused, a little bit differently. Yeah. But yes, I like that where it's essentially you've got a driving period, which again can like it can affect your armor, it can affect how much how much gas you use it can affect different things uh and then you've got a scavenging slash shooter period like i'm i'm essentially i'm picturing this as first person by the way i don't yeah, know what same. you were picturing i'm yeah. not picturing vr um, though like i i think no this, no, no. This i think would like work well traditional as- just fps controls and yep. you can move around the bus um if you're not driving and then yeah when you're out in the town it's it's very much almost a you know almost a like battle royale sort of thing where it's, you're going around like Opening stuff, scavenging stuff, finding stuff. Oh shit! Here's some enemies coming. Like take them out as a team. You maybe choose which you know two or three people come with you on a while scavenging as well, and the rest are like protecting the bus. I'm picturing yeah. the speedrun stats uh, strats are going to literally be: you pick up no one uh, when you're on when you're on the bus. You chuck it in cruise control, and you just quickly <laughs> run, do your stuff, come back, and just recorrect and <laughs> run, do your stuff, come back, correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. A lot of strats there, a lot of strategies. Um, that's fucking great. It, it's I, it's all I about the menuing. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think there's so much potential there. Again, like, we are, dude, we're fucking killing it tonight. Uh, let's move on. If we say so <laughs> ourselves. Did you want to click? Informative silence. Was that informative? No. <laughs> Fourth rectangle. Fourth rectangle. Ooh. Mm. 
gives me a very kind of, uh, like fifth element, you know, seventh, seventh, mm. <laughs> where we, we have to make something out of why this being the fourth rectangle is important. Um, I kind of like the idea of, you know, bringing in spatial dimensions again. Like, there's something about, you know, the fourth dimension and, Mm. And, you know, whether the fourth dimension is time or whether it's actually a fourth spatial dimension or something like that. Yeah, I mean, you have to. Yeah. Um, I, I was actually looking at, looking at you know, some sort of way of describing that uh, each each um, thing in, in sort of like the second dimension when you see it. Uh, if you if you were to see a third dimensional third dimensional object, all you'd see is like, like one of the faces, and it just yeah. gets bigger and bigger and bigger as it as it sort of yeah, like the flatland sort of thing. Yeah. In fact, I watched a, I watched a two minute papers the other day talking about for. Do you have you? Yeah, I think this, this maybe the the one where, where where they were bringing like a um you know a four a four dimensional object into into a three D space, and it. It was just like a, a cube that was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And as it was leaving the, the, the space, it was getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And it's like, wow, that's so, like... Yeah. I can't get my head around it, but... Well, well, what was really interesting, actually, the one I watched was they were doing physics in four dimensions. Nice. <laughs> so, these objects were not only kind of moving, uh, like, bouncing off each other. They were bouncing off each other in fourth dimensions so that it... So that they were just like shrinking and getting cut, like sliced in different <laughs> ways that was not at all obvious as to why, because we are three dimensional beings. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> um, for this, though, <laughs> I mean, I have trouble wrapping my brain around how you would utilize that. Yeah. So I don't know that we bring that in as a mechanic. It's just a side story. It's just a side story. <laughs> well, it could be. Okay, so it could be used more as a te- in a techno babbly kind of way of like fourth dimensional beings that can they can s- essentially slip out of the you know again to to bring it down a dimension if they're slipping out of the line <laughs> the plane the plane that you are on um, they're just stepping to the side in the fourth dimension and then you, then they're gone. You can't see them anymore. You don't know they exist. Uh, and in fact, <laughs> in fact, this is, is this the sequel to the game we did, which was you in a third dimension, like uh, affecting someone's second dimension? It, it was, it was basically, <laughs> there were some characters in 2D and they accidentally stepped in, into the third dimension, like so, yes, they when they, they hid something behind a bin, and no one ever thought to look behind <laughs> a bin. Right, and they couldn't figure out what had happened. It's gone. Uh, so is this, is this like the next level? Is this the sequel to that? And now we've gone up one dimension. Yeah, level. we're we're in th- in three D, and I think what actually happens is you get handed like a rectangle, and it's sort of like it's just it's just a rectangle, and it's like. Remember, and Wait, all so, of a sudden, okay, because I think your character remembers from Being when they 2D? when they were in two D in that in that previous right. game, and and they're like, hang on, we've now gone to three dimension. I seem to remember both both worlds of always having lived in the third dimension, but I seem to remember of hiding something behind a bin. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Why is that strange? Oh, wait. But it only behind. had sides and a top. It didn't have a front and a back. <laughs> I think that's the joke that we came up with last time. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's a callback. Sides um, and top. <laughs> no, but I think that's great. So, so, okay. Does that mean... So, is there a scene in this when you go to a three-dimensional bin and you're like, okay, it's got a front, it's got a back, it's got two sides, it's got a top, it's got a bottom, it's got an other and an inner... And a further and a, f- a closer, or whatever. Like, you're coming up with these new names for the for the sides of this thing in and, the extra and dimension. So your character in this one is able to step into that fourth dimension, and it just sort of does a a bit of a color shift of the whole thing. But then, yeah, I don't know how much we want to. You know, I mean, I think they're probably. I'm sure there are already names for the sides of things of like a hypercube or whatever, right? That is. Uh- <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Mathematically, I love all these sort of but- crazy, sciencey, techno babbly things. Oh my god, it's so wild! It just breaks my brain. Okay, all right. I, I don't think we're going to go any further into a game. Three, on that one. Uh, two, one, movie, movie. <laughs> all right. Uh, for those who haven't listened before, this is a game where instead of random words, we just take a random movie. We either use the title or the full description or the or, or plot of the movie, if we've seen it, to make a sort of a full tie-in game. Or, yeah, we just use the title and, and use that as a prompt. Um, oh, I love this movie. I'll go first, then. Okay. Um, I've got the movie The Recruit, and it's from 2003. Mm-hmm. A, bril- a brilliant CIA trainee must prove his worth at the farm. The agency's secret training grounds. Matt Damon in it. No, it looks like, like Colin Farrell and uh, maybe an Al Pacino. Uh, where he learns to watch his back and trust no one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. Well, I got the 2011 movie Source Code with uh, Jake I Gyllenhaal. I do like myself a, a Source Code. It's a good movie. In fact, I, I did think about source code during our first game tonight with all the different buildings. <laughs> I was sort of thinking that you're yes, you're maybe playing yeah. through trying the like different things. Simulation, yeah. So, spoilers, spoilers probably for source code here. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go and watch it. But uh, the idea is uh, Jake Gyllenhaal plays a soldier who wakes up in someone else's body on a train and after eight minutes, the plane, the train explodes, and then he sort of realizes or finds that he is part of uh, essentially an experiment that experimental program that is reliving someone's memory, where he can he can sort of they've they've essentially created this simulation in his mind of this place based on someone else's yeah. brain waves or whatever, and he he needs to find what happened and why this train exploded. What is crazy is I've seen it quite a few times, but um, and I love the film, but I cannot remember who the actual, like, who the actual, like, villain of the piece was. Interestingly, it's almost not important. Yeah. Um, there's, it's not like this, oh, like, huge antagonist. It's, it's so much about his journey and obviously his relationship with the woman who is on the train that yeah it, it's it almost doesn't matter um yeah no it's so it's, cool it's quite a good, okay quite a good movie but i don't think we should do the plot 
because no. we have done a very similar game, and I th- and in fact, I think, I think we've we done- may have done Source Code as a as a, another game. I think yes. the idea of having, you know, a, a similar sort of maybe a version two of Source Code in some other some other situation down down the path. Yeah, maybe. I'm 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 wondering if we just move away from the idea of the time loop altogether and just utilize source code as okay. a prompt. Okay. Now, is is this like um uh Ralph breaks the internet sort of you know, sort of able to walk through like this world of source code and and like interact with you know, the methods and, and variables and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, maybe there. this is a bit of like the like hack and slash um the the double fine game yep. that they brought out where you're essentially able to plug into different things and and alter their code. Yep. And there have been other games that have done that to a certain degree. There's like Quadrilateral Cowboy, yep. which is all about sort of doing coding uh, and attaching to different things in the world. But this is much more yeah, I kind of like the idea that almost every inanimate object has at least some basic functions. Yeah. So you can like alter the mass of, you know, it, even even just the 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 smallest thing is, has like a mass variable that you can go in there and plug a different number into. Uh but then Ooh. obviously more complicated things have like timers and sensors and different stuff that you can then reprogram. I kind of like the idea that you're going into like a matrixy sort of world. And yep. as you go through, you actually get the technology to be able to then plug into one of the other, uh, some of the other people around there. So you can actually start modifying the NPCs and, and getting them to. Okay. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like a Johnny mnemonic sort of thing as well, where you've got those, those ports in people's heads, but it's in yeah, this case. So, that it's okay. A- so is, is this. Uh, the, the all the people are simulated in it. Yeah. Then I I, th- I think you're going down into into like a Tron like world even, but mm. in this case you you've actually got the debug tools to be able well, to. Well, or is this or is this a bit a little bit like uh, the thirteenth floor where Ooh, that was good. You're going into a simulation from like a different time, and maybe we go to one of our classic eras of like the eighties or nineties or something. Yeah. Because I think the thirteenth floor was like fifty. The thirteenth floor went back to like the thirties oh, or something. Thirties or yeah, yeah. That was a really cool film. It's a cool. It's a cool film. Uh, I want to watch it again. Well, do you remember the end? No. Okay, then I won't. I won't spoil it. Um, I have seen it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's always good to rewatch uh, something like that. No, but I like that idea of okay, you know, for for whatever reason you've created this simulation of the, you know, 1987. Maybe it's a bit of a, and I, I hesitate to um, reference this just because it's not fantastic in a lot of ways, but like a Ready Player One situation where like you just have this great nostalgia for the 80s. And so you're like, well, I just want to create the world of the 80s. You're like a, a hermit who's trying to get away from everything. Yep. Uh, and you want to create this familiar world to live in but like the government or or whoever like another company finds out about your technology and they want to steal and so you sort of escape into this world and then you know there are other people in here who aren't npcs essentially uh who are going to be hunting you and 
Uh, it could even be a, one of these sort of like, you could have little scenes, um, like set pieces sort of thing where it's like, okay, like I know that there are going to be people coming. So you can like, okay, I'm going to hack this person and like up their aggression level so that if anyone gets close to them, they're going to like punch them. And then I'm going to come over here and, and, you know, turn up the feet, the, the speed on this fan, um, when it's hooked up to this switch or something. Yeah. Like essentially play these things out and, and plan these traps by hacking yep. all this stuff. Uh, be able to hack like a table to be three times its size so that you can sort of hide behind it and, and create like a bunker sort of thing. Like, yeah, it could be interesting once you get to a certain level where you can literally like alter the vertices of things and it changes their like physical, you know, physical properties and stuff. Uh, cause that's definitely doable. Ooh, I, I kind of like the idea of like being able to flip the normals of of like what <laughs> something on this side so you can see through it and you can you can see through but they can't so you've only yeah. flipped one of the normals so you've only you can- flipped the normal of one of one face like one led, set of faces yeah <laughs> that might be given that might be going a bit too far into just like uh, uh, terminology and stuff that people don't understand about that but no you could do it it'd be fun. <laughs> So, a normal. (laughs) (laughs) I think um, you definitely have to put some limitations in place on sort of how much you can do in a certain amount of time or something uh, so that you can't just, like, make things completely overpowered. Yeah, I Uh, I think it's all based off off your level. Like, the further in the game mm. that you are, the more objects you can control at once. Yeah, okay. And maybe just, like, the larger values you can change them by. Or something, Uh, you know, initially, yes, you can change the mass of a pen uh, so that when you throw it at someone, it like, it just embeds in their head, but you can, you know, you can only do it by (laughs) a few kilos. Later on, you can do it by like a few tons. Jesus (laughs) Christ. It's like collapses the entire table underneath it. (laughs) Computer, disable safety protocols. (laughs) (laughs) And then you find out the whole thing was on a starship in the holodeck. <laughs> and you go to leave and you can't. And you realize that you're actually a hologram Computer, the whole time. Oh, my God. You and then Picard comes in and plugs a USB port into your head. <laughs> no. Click again. All right. I reckon uh, let's do a second chance uh, click pitch. Yep, so we are going to go all the way back to episodes... What are we up to? Seven? Yeah, yeah. Seven. Which was our episode featuring Emre Dinners, mm-hmm. a wonderful game designer, one of our early, early guests. Uh, and so what we're doing here is, uh, for those who don't know, you know, we, we're up to... Episode 210. Uh, so we've got much, uh, many, many, many episodes uh, going back uh, four years or more. And so we are going back to those early episodes to, to look at some of the prompts we got and making something completely new out of them uh, and trying not to repeat ourselves since it has been a long time and we may not remember what we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So let's do it. Uh, I shall choose one. I do remember what this is going to become so. very hard very soon because we stopped putting what words we got in the. Um- <laughs> uh, I was doing it for a good couple of years, I think. 
I wasn't. Anyway, I'm, <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, let's go with... Man, we had some weird words. Outgrown heirloom predicament. Outgrown heirloom predicament. Mm-hmm. Is this something to do with, like, a baby pram or something like a, something that's been passed down or a baby toy that's been passed down through generations yeah I do like that a bassinet maybe mm. bassinets are, are quite old old fashioned yeah lots of lace yeah so has something happened to it then and you're trying to get it back or replace it in some way um What's the predicament? I, I think the predicament is the fact that, like, your your grandmother wants you to to make sure that your new baby use, is um you uses the the uh, bassinet like all all your you know previous family members have sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, um, your sister has just uh, finished using it with her with her young young child, and now it's your turn, but. You you kind of don't you don't like but it's the look gross of it. It's, it's gross and smelly. It's, it's smelly. Unsafe. It's, it's, it's against yellow. the recommendations all to put a baby the, in something lace with lace, yellowed, and all this sort of stuff. But you seem to be the only one who who notices this. Like everyone else, sort of sees it as like a you know a, because it's this like grand heirloom. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'm not thinking that it's, um, I'm not thinking that this is in a normal sort of thing. I'm thinking this is almost a, a horror-y sort of supernaturally sort of thing going on with this heirloom. And there's a reason. So it's essentially a cursed in some way. And you have some insight into, like, you are able to see through it to a certain degree. I think the reason why you can is because- Unlike everyone else, you are not a blood relative. You are actually, you were adopted. Ooh, or, 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 mm-hmm. is it that you weren't raised in it? Like, you weren't put in this as a child. Okay. Because it's been passed down, right? And it gets passed around the family. But it happened to be that, like, you're one of the only, in the past few generations, you're one of the only times where, like, two siblings had children at the exact same time and the choice had to be made. And so, mm-hmm. you didn't get- Okay. Your family, like, your parents didn't get to to put you in this. And so, it hasn't, like, cursed you. It hasn't got its hooks in you, as it were. Yeah. Ooh, I, I kind of like the idea of-, of- you know, the, there's something not quite right about the family and there's a reason why you haven't been in touch with them for a while. And, mm. and they've, you know, I'm, I'm picturing that the, um, the grandmother turns up on the doorstep and says, oh, I noticed that you, uh, we haven't seen yeah, you come, for years. Come to, like- yeah, come, come to, you know, celebrate the birth of your child, you know, and I know that you'll want to, you know, use the family bassinet that's. You know, everyone has, <laughs> everyone has raised their children in. Oh, I mean, I guess except for you, that that was a, an unfortunate. Oh no, series I, of I, th- I think this is this is something they don't they don't even realise that there's something wrong there. But you know, I'm picturing that grandma grandma goes to goes to stay over, and you know, make sure yeah. that you're that you're 
you're settling in well and all this sort of stuff. And so I think there's a, a little bit of, you know, time to sort of help out with the, uh, with the baby, you know, you can put them down to sleep and it's, it's sort of not a, um, not an instantaneous thing. It's sort of like when, when the, you know, when a baby is gone down to sleep for like a, a full moon cycle or something like that, the, um, Right, it takes that amount of time to like attune to the child, something uh, like that. But so I'm picturing that grandma is just putting the baby into the bassinet, and you you come in in the mo- like in the middle of the night, and you just see this ratty old thing that because well, in the like moonlight, it, uh, I'm picturing that it, it looks oh, even more yeah. tattered and oh god, I uh, <laughs> I had a thought for a moment of, of like what if this is in VR, and I'm picturing holding a baby in VR, like two hands and how that would work. And then I'm like, mm, actually that could create some really horrible situations where you are like, like doing really nasty things to a baby. So no, I don't think this is VR. Um, no. I think you have limited mobility with the baby. It's quite full control. <laughs> quite control holding a baby. Yeah. Let's not. I'm like, how much worse can I make it? Yep, it's quop. (laughs) No, I think uh, I think this is either like, I think it's maybe like first or third person. Yeah, first first person. I I love horror. I love the idea of horror in in first person. Yeah, I don't love horror horror (laughs) games. I love talking about them. I love watching other people designing them. them Yeah, but I like. Five Nights at Freddy's, no fucking way. Like, I just can't do it. Yeah. Um, Okay, so- And having watched some of the VR, like, Five Nights at Freddy's stuff, I'm like, yeah, no. Yeah, no. Never. Uh, No, that's cool. I I think- So, is the- So, yeah, the family in general- Do do people from the family just, like, keep coming and moving into your house? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, like they're essentially trying to like claim this child as part of their cursed, you know, family tree. Yeah. Ooh, I, I, I kind of like the idea that, you know, when when grandma isn't getting her own way, and something happens one night, what, late one night, and you you go in to check on the baby, and you just you see sits, you know, standing over the baby is is like grandma, and she just she doesn't look. She doesn't look right. She doesn't look right. But then you turn on the light and she's just, she's just normal, yeah. normal grandma, but you, with the lights off, like she was all like- Oh, that'd be really cool to long use that effect. And just yeah. sort of hunched over, but just- Because horror movies have been doing tall. that really well recently with that sort of flicking on the lights and things change. Like that's been in quite a few yeah. uh, horror movies lately. I'd like to see that in a game. Yeah. Uh, where that just- essentially flicks out the model and the shader and the lighting, you know, from a technical standpoint. But, yeah, just goes from that, oh, there's something out right here to, oh, no, I guess it's fine. Uh, I I had an idea of, like, you come home one day and someone's drawn this, like, huge creepy family tree, like, on the living room wall. Uh, and they're like, oh, those done, you know, your little cousins or whatever, you know, they must have done that. But it's But you look at it, it's just like- this isn't right. It's like always cultish with how you oh, know, I'm, I'm and, just, you're, and you're not on it. You're I'm, the only I'm one just that's picturing not on it. like different, um, 
different symbols on the tree like there's a you know an upside down pentagram over here and there's you know some other sort of normal symbols that you sort of yeah i think it's subtle at that point but when you get the black light on it later on (laughs) jesus christ you really shouldn't have done that because that's where like you see literally um horns coming out of grandma's bloody name and all this sort of stuff and yeah you get all these sim- all these signs of who's well I, I think you are on you are stuff. on the on the tree but then when you when you do the blacklight you see that there's nothing on your name like right, you're the only yeah. one who's sort of natural yeah um i think at some stage you can actually you can rip a little bit of the um little bit of the lace and you actually see like some weird like script sort of written all the way around this thing and, that is basically and then the lace heals oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's just there's something about like this thing is you know impermeable to to like damage or anything like that you know you take oh, it yeah. out the back and you chop it it's up malevolent. You burn it, and then you come back inside and it's still there like oh yeah like i mean that's a classic thing right yeah yeah i like that a lot what's the what's the resolution is this a happy ending do you get your child away from these people oh i mean we could have multiple endings obviously the thing is most of the time in horror movies you think that you get away they the the protagonist thinks they get away and they think that they're safe but in reality what the what's actually happened is they've gone into a new even worse danger I like the idea that you th- you've gotten away. Your kid's a little bit older. They're like one by now. Yeah. You've put them in sort of a little bed. Oh, you, you know, it's this scene. It's you've this gone scene. to your you've put them to sleep, house. and then you've well, gone. I, and, well, I, I just I, think I, like you because <laughs> I'm thinking you've got the bed there. You've put them down to sleep. It's a nice little scene, and then you notice that there's like a little bit of lace on the corner. It's almost like it's growing. Out of the bed. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah, but I, hey, d- I just thought about um, if you go to the in-laws place and, mm-hmm. you, and you know, they're, they're sort of like- Who oh, presumably are not part of the cult. They're not part the of curse. that cult. Yeah. They're part of their own. <laughs> They've got their own family curse, family cult going on. Yeah. And they say, uh, oh, don't worry, we'll, we'll put you in our family bassinet. And then you, you go in- It's even in, worse. It's got <laughs> teeth. <laughs> you- <laughs> You go in and, like, it looks, you know, even rattier and has the same sort of script and it's like, it's some other cult that is, you know- oh, I think of- you just get a quick scene there because, like, often it'll, you know, to, to really show what's going on, you walk in, you go up to the bassinet and it just jumps at you and, like, eats your face and <laughs> cut to black. <laughs> just been sacrificed to it. Uh, that's really fun. Yeah. Um, All right, let's go we, one do more. One more second chance. Click pitch before we, we finish say up. Say goodbye. All right. I think let's do banqueting vibrant angst. <laughs> I remember what we did with this one last time. <laughs> <laughs> do you? I don't. <laughs> this was the food fight. <laughs> Oh, this was the food fight. Okay, yeah, Teen Angst food fight. That's the title of the episode. Okay, well, then we're not doing that, obviously. But banqueting teen and angst. 
No, vibrant angst. Vibr- teen, teen doesn't come into it, okay. so we can stay from that. Uh, vibrant makes me think maybe of some sort of like, well, particularly banqueting, bank, banqueting and vibrant is like shiny platters, you know, like that's where the vibrance comes from, like super clean and whatever. So maybe you play like a servant or a waiter or something. At a smorgies. okay (laughs) yes for those who may not be aware i don't know how far through australia this was at least but smorgies was a smorgasbord restaurant uh here at least in victoria there are a few of them very common place for like birthday parties and stuff particularly for us as teens yeah uh, where a lot of food would get wasted and destroyed and had unspe- have unspeakable things done to it. Uh, but also they had all-you-can-eat cinnamon donuts and it was glorious. Yeah. And, and, I mean, everyone always- And this is this is typical of most kids. You'd have, like, a small plate of something and then you'd go raid the ice cream sundae bar. Oh, and yeah. Then it was dessert. It was yeah. dessert, 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 dessert. Um, it's kind of like the all you can eat at Pizza Hut, except better because everything was like just well I mean, done. Yes, it was. Uh, and look, the food was pretty good from what I recall. Yeah. Uh, you know, they had like a carvery section. They had, you know, yeah, a, a number of different, obviously, salad bar. And uh, did they have, I guess they must have had like different, like, did they have like curries and- Oh, I can't remember actually. Can't because, remember because much we of the food. Teenagers, we mostly I can remember the, the, I can, into the dessert. I can remember the dessert bar really, really well. Like yeah, ch- whole heat. You know, chocolate mousse, chocolate mousse, jelly. Yeah, um, like you, you know, know ice cream, something, all the different, all the different serve, toppings. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, hundreds and thousands, M and M's, everything. I just- lament the fact, and and uh, this may have come up because of the discussion on Twitter that I had this week. Uh, with some of the other 8-bit folks because they were talking about all-you-can-eat Pizza Hut. I lament the fact that our children- Don't know anything about will, that. We'll never experience. Expe- and will not experience this. Um, there is an all-you-can-eat Pizza Hut in Ballarat and my sister and her family go there once a year. <laughs> uh, they literally make the drive out to Ballarat uh, or Bendigo. I think there's one in Ballarat and Bendigo. Um, Bendigo will be closer. To, yeah, to do, <laughs> to do all-you-can-eat oh, actually, uh, maybe Pizza not. Hut, but- they're pretty similar from, from here, anyway, I think. Yeah. Ballarat, anyway. I think, is about two and a half, so... Yeah. Uh, okay, so what's the game? Are you playing, like, the owner of this place? So trying to, like- I, I think this this is a... This is a narrative <laughs> is this game. A phys- or is this a physics toy where you're trying to make the most horrible drink out of all the different food and then have one of your friends drink it for 10 bucks? Because <laughs> that was that's a common how, that's, time. How, that's how we did it in year tw- year 11 and 12. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember I remember a friend's 18th birthday at, at Smorgies in- um, <laughs> In Ringwood. In Ringwood. And I think we're thinking of the same party. <laughs> yep. And going out onto the- um, out onto the oval afterwards, and that was even oh, worse. Oh, shit. That's right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so I think this is a narrative game. Of, okay. Um, yeah, there's basically... I think you you may be the waiter. Yeah. 
and and you're like dealing with these different families and and the drama that's sort mm. of going on with these these families while you're also trying to keep the um you know do, doing mini games to keep the keep the Sunday machine going so that you know the screaming kids <laughs> have have got something to eat and and making sure that you know the um the sneeze guard is actually down when when sniffly bill over there is <laughs> <laughs> Stiffly so, built. It, it's uh, definitely set in the in the nineties. Yeah, I think this is a smorgas licensed video game. <laughs> I want the whole like thinking about back, maybe slightly problematic tiki vibe. Um, the, you know, <laughs> I think well, different ones had different like it was or there was a sort of a jungle vibe more than a tiki yeah. vibe. But it, a it just it just so happens that like they had a huge like. Uh, what what felt like a, a tiki statue that you almost went through to get in. Yes, so. yeah. But inside it was more just sort of junglish, I think. Which is so weird because the food wasn't jungly. <laughs> oh, God, no. The, thing, no. the food was just regular kind of dinner food, you know. There was nothing themed about the food. But there's just something about, like, going through and you, you're dealing with these different families and and- you know, maybe one of the one of the kids gets gets their um, finger stuck in inside the inside the <laughs> the um the soft serve machine when it wasn't working, and you know, just yeah, so, just I think you're about- sort of going from from scene to scene. I think maybe oh, maybe it's one of these things where because you know it's a fairly large restaurant. Maybe it's one of these sort of in a hitman way where there's just stuff going on the whole time, and you you literally can't. See all of it in one go. Yep. Uh, and so it's it's sort of if you intervene, then you will change the course of something slightly, but otherwise things will just play out in in different ways. And and maybe the goal is in a sort of groundhogish day sort of thing to like get the best run through, where it's like okay, well if I if I leave that kid with his uh, finger stuck in the uh, soft serve machine for just a little bit longer, it actually means that it won't like spill rancid milk all over the floor, which means Buddy over here won't slip on it uh, later. And so, you know, I actually balance this in a slightly different way uh, to, to, you know, make sure that by the end of the day, you know, you've ma- you've got the least damage to this place or something. Yeah. The, 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 least, the least amount of lawsuits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the least amount of food wastage. <laughs> so no, impossible. I, I think. I think some of the some of the ideas is to make sure that when you see the group of teenagers go to sit down at that booth, that you remove the salt and pepper, because we all know what salt and pepper does to milk. <laughs> oh God! Because that's what happened at. And our friends. <laughs> this has just become birthday. a Smorgies remembrance uh, session now. Yep, uh, Smorgies Anonymous. <laughs> Smorgies Anonymous. <laughs> now what's cinnamon donuts? Hi, I'm Trevor. I'm a Smorgaholic. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to leave it there tonight. It's been 20 years since I was last at Smorgies. <laughs> and I hate it. I want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to find us online, you can go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. All of our previous episodes are there. Go back and listen to uh, episode seven 
Teen Angst Food Fight, see what we actually did with those last two prompts. Uh, there's a hint in the title for that, for the one we just talked about. Uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a great episode. Mm-hmm. We're also part of the 8-Bit Collective. This is a group of podcasters uh, doing stuff around pop culture and video games and all sorts of other great stuff. So go to 8bit.net and check them out. If you like Australian gaming podcasts and you want to check out some more, then check out the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook or at AGP Network on Twitter. And finally, we'd like to thank the wonderful musicians over at Kuradust for the use of the song Mount Defiance off the album Contamin Failure. That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I'm Clippy. It looks like you're trying to make a PowerPoint. PowerPoint.